0: to the Sunday service of FCC. Today is the 15th day of the Lunar New Year. So you see our decorations are still up. So, And that's about the limit of my dialect already. So, have a wonderful... uh, 15th day, whether you are celebrating here with us or later on with your family. Indeed, may this new year bring many, many joys and blessings to all of us. Let us now prepare our hearts with a call to worship. Today is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Let Let us be glad glad this day day, for for life, for for breath, breath, and and for for freedom freedom to worship. Blessed are you who come in the name of the Lord We come to bring our gifts of praise in gratitude to the God of all creation God is good and in God's work we find our strength We sing of all God's wonderful works
1: Let us give thanks and praise to the Lord
0: Let us now join the worship team together So if you are willing and able uh, please stand in body on in spirit If not, in whatever form you wish to worship God with Let us just join the wonderful worship team in red uh, For a time of worshipping together Good morning, everyone
2: What a year it's been 2023, we're into February now That was really fast, isn't it? Okay, for some The year might start well with resolutions And a lot of gusto But we remember those that have started the year with loss, with um, heartbreak, with troubles of their finances, with health problems. So today, may I invite each one of you and those online to come pray this verse with me. Psalms 121, 1 to 4. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my, heart, my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Shall we lift our voices and sing to our God?
1: Sing Jesus. Jesus. Beautiful Saviour, God of all majesty, risen King, Lamb of God, Lamb of God, you're holy and righteous, blessed Redeemer, bright morning all the heavens, all the heavens shout your praise. All creation, all creation bows to worship you. How wonderful, how beautiful, how beautiful. How was old- Saviour, God of all majesty, risen King, Lamb of God, your holy and righteous, blessed Redeemer, bright morning star let's sing on the heavens all the heavens shout your praise all creation by
2: Let's sing, I will sing.
1: Take Take all I have in these hands and multiply. God, all that I am, and find my heart on the altar again. Set me on fire, set me on fire. Take all I have, take all I have in these hands and multiply. God, all that I am, and find my heart on the altar again, set me on fire, set me on fire. To the end You will fulfill Your purpose in me You won't forsake me You will be with me Lord. Now Holding Nothing Back Holding Nothing Back Let's sing All to Jesus All to Jesus Now Let's learn to let go All to Jesus Now We're not holding back Holding Nothing Back I'm Holding Nothing Back Hold I surrender. I surrender. I surrender. Let's sing through the words. I surrender. I surrender.
3: Please be seated. And will you join me in a word of prayer? Indeed, God, who will compare with you? Who will compare with your infinite love for us? Who will compare with your magnificence, your glorious presence in our lives? God, no one can compare God, we thank you that we begin new seasons of life new years new transitions that we begin all these with you not only do you walk alongside us, God you go before us to prepare the way You go behind us to support us and to catch us when we fall. You surround us with your embrace and your presence, no matter what it is we may be going through. This new year has been a good start for some, but it has also been a challenging start for others. God, you know, and you see us deeply. And so, God, we pray for one another, not just in this community, but also our loved ones, our friends, the people around us in our world today, those who are struggling, those who are experiencing health challenges, whether physical or mental or emotional or spiritual, those who are struggling to come home. God, you remind us in your word, that it is in returning and rest that we find our salvation. So God, in this new year, we want to commit to returning again and again so that we can rest in you as your people. That through the waves and through the storms and through the amazing and wonderful times, God, we want to return again and again to you. And we lift one another up, we lift this community up as we go into a year of wanting to grow together or wanting to see you at work in our midst or wanting for you to challenge us to be all that we can be in you. And so God, help us. Be with us as we be with one another and walk each other home. As we pray all this in your marvellous name. Amen.
4: Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning to all of you here who are physically present and those uh, who are joining us online, whether live or joining us later in the week to watch this uh, broadcast. Um, and especially welcome to um, a few newcomers. Uh, I see a lot of familiar faces here, and the young ones and also the ones who are young at heart. Will you join me in prayer? God, may the words from my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable to you. Amen. So, when I was writing this sermon, I thought that I would write about conflict, right? And I'm the kind of person who will take, uh, will approach it from the negative perspective uh, and wrestle with stuff. But as I progressed, it turned out that the sermon, a better sermon title is Reconciliation. Because conflict arises everywhere and even here in church. But what we want to talk about is what do we do about that. Last week, Pauline entered her sermon with um, the message version of the Bible, Matthew chapter 5, verse 48. In a word, what I'm saying is, Grow up. You are kingdom subjects. Now live like it. Live out your God-created identity. Live generously and graciously towards others the way God lives towards you. Live like it. What I discerned I needed to share with you this morning is how we should deal with conflict, not how the world deals with conflict, but how Christ taught us to deal with conflict, and that is reconciliation. But first off, I want to invite you to log into Mentee uh, as we engage, uh, as you participate in crafting this sermon as well, because I'll be asking questions and you're encouraged to um, give your thoughts and input. And you can go to um, just uh, key in fcc.li slash mentee, um, or you can go to menti.com and key in the code, but it's better, easier to do the Mentee um, uh, to just go to menti because he'll, he'll direct you straight there. So the first question, what is reconciliation? mean, you think where we kick off, right? To think about what is reconciliation to you? Repair after rupture. Mm-hmm. Shalom with one another. Very good answers. Common ground. Mm, Okay. Later, as I expand on the sermon, maybe you will uh, have a better understanding and it might not necessarily be common ground. Um, Starting afresh. Peace. Well, what kind of peace, right? Grace. Forgiveness. Apology. Reparation. Forgiving. Repair relationship. Mending relationship the way things ought to be, uh, reunited, healing, love, repatching broken bonds, building a bridge, closure, well, maybe and maybe not, depends on what kind of closure. And I think that this will be very... As I was exploring this, I myself got some insights as well. So thank you for participating in... um, you know, answering my question. So I want to read from you from the message version as well. Um, And last week, Pauline's sermon was based on the Beatitudes from Matthew chapter 5. And sandwiched between Matthew chapter 5 and the the verse I read just now, uh, Matthew uh, chapter 5 verse 48, is the verses 21 to 26. And this is what Jesus says. And this is the message version, okay? You are familiar with the command to the ancients, do not murder. I'm telling you that anyone who is so much as angry with a brother or sister is guilty of murder. Carelessly call a brother idiot and you just might find yourself hauled into court. Thoughtlessly yell stupid at a sister and you might be on the brink of hellfire. The simple moral fact is that words kill. This is how I want you to conduct yourself in these matters. If you enter a place of worship and about to make an offering, you suddenly remember a grudge a friend has against you, abandon your offering, leave immediately, and go to this friend and make things right. Then and only then, come back and work things out with God. Oops. (laughs) I didn't. Or you're out on the street and an old enemy accosts you. Don't lose a minute. Make the first move. Make things right with him. After all, if you leave the first move to him, knowing his track record, you're likely to end up in court and maybe even in jail. If that happens, you won't get out without a stiff fine. This passage has been rather striking to me. You know, not this time at all, but when I first read it, it was really striking and it still remains striking. So I want to ask you, what do you think Jesus is trying to say, Here. You know, Especially the verse is like, you come to a place of worship. Well, you're in a place of worship. If you know that there's a sibling or a friend or someone who has something against you, leave your offering. Go and seek out that friend and make amends. Forgive first. Hmm... I like this answer because I can expand on this. Because Jesus didn't ask us to forgive, but rather seek out the person that has something against us. That's different, you know. That person who has something against us doesn't need our forgiveness. We need their forgiveness, right? I don't know, maybe don't be salty with people who hurt you. Um, that's again putting ourselves in a perspective of the person who's angry. But Jesus is speaking to us, you know, in the passage, as a person who has offended or hurt or harmed someone. Relationships more important than religious traditions? Hmm. that's That's my previous thought about this passage, right? It's like, it's more important to get your relationships right than to... Worship. Oh, that was my original um, um, approach. Mending relationship is the highest priority. Uh, that was my original thought as well. And today I'm going to expand as I explore the passage. I shifted in my position as well um, as I unpacked what was going, uh, what is in the, happening in passage. Don't bear grudges. Let go. Well, that's again talking to the person that we are called to go after to set things right. Uh huh. This is revealing a lot of things, to me at least. Recognize we hurt others, yes. Take the initiative to seek reconciliation, yes. Be the first to make peace, yes. Your heart is also an offering. Also be smart when dealing with your enemy, yes, yes, yes. Humility to make the first move, yes. Recognize the wrong we did, yes. Think of the other person more than you yourself, yes. Forgiveness is self-healing, yes. But Jesus was not talking about forgiving, forgiving someone, but rather seeking forgiveness. Think of what you could have done better first. Mm, yes. Love your enemies. Yes. Thank you. Uh, clear your internal disturbances. This person is right up, you know, in alignment with what I have in mind today. So, um, so, you may think what Jesus is saying here is making things right, and there is reconciliation. is prioritized over making an offering to God. And that's how I used to think about it until I was reflecting and processing over the passage as I was writing this sermon. So, one question is, why do people make offerings in the temple during Jesus' time? Because how we understand offering right now and offering in those times is different. Now... Back in, you know, if you read Leviticus, there's a whole lot of detail about offering. There are four types of offering described. Sin offering, burnt offering, uh, grain offering, and peace offering. And what, do these, what are these offerings for? For God. But more specifically, for maintaining relationship with God. And in the case of sin offering, It is about restoration of relationship with God. So if you think about it, what Jesus is saying is that we cannot be in right relationship with God without being in right relationship with people in our lives. Just like the greatest commandment is to love God with all our heart, mind, soul and strength, it must come together with loving our neighbours as ourselves. It's not one commandment. That one commandment, well, we can get to define loving God however way we want. Coming to church every Sunday, you know, um, tithing, uh, you know, praying every day. We can make a whole list of things to define what is loving God. But Jesus tagged along, love your neighbor as yourself because the two cannot be separated right relationship with God cannot exist without right relationship with people around us. It is far too easy to declare that we love God and fail miserably at loving our fellow human beings. Now, I want to go back to the the, uh, NRSV version, right? Just now I read the, the message version. So when you're offering your gift at the altar, if you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, Leave your gift before the altar and go. First, be reconciled with your brother or sister, then come and offer your gift. Now, this is the easy part of the sermon. After all, which one of you disagrees with what I've said so far? Makes sense, right? But lots of things that Jesus said make sense, but far from easy to carry out. I want to ask you. How many of or oh, do you have relationships that need reconciliation? Very easy, are uh, multiple choices. Click one of the choices. Don't be so quick to say no. The invitation is to dwell. Dwell on what the Spirit is speaking to you. Maybe we have swept someone to the far corners of our mind and have forgotten. Yes. We, so many of you have a, a, at least one relationship that needs reconciliation and some of you have many relationships that need reconciliation. I have many relationships that are not yet reconciled. There are relationships that, are, that have conflicts where they've been swept under the carpet, conveniently forgotten about, that I have. Because it is easier to sweep things under the carpet and move on and forget. But that is a false kind of peace. I may still be in relationship with these people, but the conflict still is underneath and, ju- and it only takes a small trigger for the conflict to bubble up all over again and sometimes more severe than before. Sometimes you, in your life, you might have folks, you know, maybe family members or close friends, who snap at you, and especially partners, uh, who snap at you at a very, very small thing. You know, something you might think is insignificant and, and then it caused a, a, a big conflict. And that's just evidence of something that has not been resolved before. And honestly, this sermon is as much a message for me as it is for you, as I, as I was writing it. Last week, Pauline talked about the Beatitudes and highlighted about being blessed or flourishing. You are blessed or flourishing when you face difficult situations that lead you closer to God and that will lead you to closer to becoming whole and complete. Our theme this year, and we are going to repeat it again and again and again to drum it into your heads and your hearts, walking each other as community towards growth and wholeness in Christ. And for me, What I want to do this year is to work on reconciliation in my relationships with people. I know from personal experience that this is not easy. And I have also journeyed and grown over the past few years and learned a few things about myself. And that has helped me change how I saw things. Whenever there is conflict, we often quickly label the people involved in our minds the perpetrator and the victim, the wrongdoers and the wrong. What do you see yourself as when a conflict arises? And reading the answers from just now, many of you jumped into answering that, oh, we need to forgive other people. Jesus is talking about that. And what I suggest is that I think that we have jumped into seeing ourselves as the wronged the ones who need to forgive other people instead of the wrongdoer who needs to seek forgiveness and reconciliation. Sometimes, I know, life isn't as simple and there's a blur, right? Because both parties could be both the perpetrator and the victim and both sides could be wrong. I think very often both sides are wrong. But we don't see it. Well, I've come to realise that I rarely see myself as a perpetrator or the wrongdoer. From my perspective, in a very biased perspective, I might say, I am rarely the primary perpetrator. I may have done something wrong, but I always have a reason for it. You know, that person made me angry first, so I am justified to react in this way. That person said that first. I'm trying to help. You know, I, you know, why are you putting a blame on me? I always thought of myself as the hero. Jesus didn't say, Go out and seek those people who have wronged you, or who are angry, or you are angry with, or you have a grudge against. He said, Seek out those who you have wronged, those who may have a grudge against you. Most of the time, in our minds, in our narratives, we are the protagonists. We are the heroes, we are the good guys, and sometimes the victims. It isn't easy to see ourselves as the bad guys, the villains, or the perpetrators. But we need to be honest with ourselves. And that's acknowledgement. That's confession. That we need to confess to ourselves, acknowledge to ourselves and to God that we are the ones who have done something wrong. We are the ones who have sinned. Is that the same for you? Have you, more often than not, saw yourself as the wronged rather than the wrongdoer? And that's a journey that we need to be on. And so recently I read a book on the 12 steps of recovery and I came across this statement. Every time we are disturbed, no matter what the cause, there is something wrong with us. So when I read it, I went like, Something wrong with me? What? I struggle to make sense of this for a while. I mean, there are times that I'm disturbed, right? I get annoyed by people who continue to spread misinformation about LGBTQ folks, continue to harm LGBTQ folks. I get angry at injustices towards those on the margins, the migrant workers. I get angry at those who abuse their power as well how can that be something wrong with me? How can that disturbance be something wrong with me? And then I came to a realization as I dug deeper, right? Whenever I feel, I wrestle and read with stuff, I need to to process that. What I come to understand is, every time that we are disturbed, experience emotions like anger, frustration or disappointment, It is an indication that there's an underlying issue with us that needs to be addressed. This needs repeating, uh, because that's why I put it in bold words up there. Every time we are disturbed, experiencing emotions like anger, frustration or disappointment, it's an indication that there's an underlying issue with us that needs to be addressed. And you might want to unpack this with a cell group, you might want to unpack this with your friends, you know, because it's not easy to wrestle with. Our external circumstances and the actions of other people do not dictate our emotions and our state of mind. Instead, it is our own beliefs, thoughts, and attitudes that influence how we react and feel. I'll give you an example. Right? You know, I drive sometimes, and you know, in what if someone, you know, um, hits my car or, or, or while I'm driving, and I have the right of way. I, of course, my usual reaction will be anger. Do you know how to drive or not? You got license or not? Why do you knock into me? I have the right of way, right? That's my usual reaction, but that also reflects my own issues that I see that I'm right. And sometimes I might have right away, but I also could be more attentive, stop in time, and avoid the accident. I have a little part to play. You know, that person might be wrong, but I might have given way, and so on and so forth. And getting angry at the other person is not going to solve the problem. The car already kissed each other. What we need to do is how we're we going to, re- how are we going to ad- move forward from there. You know, get each other's number, report police, get insurance and all that. Getting angry doesn't resolve the problem, right? So, I think that this is important to understand. How we react and our state of mind is not influenced by the external circumstance. We can react differently. That's why sometimes some things happen to different people. The same thing can happen to two different people and they react in a different way because we are in a different space. And by recognizing and addressing the root causes of what causes our disturbances, we can work towards inner peace and emotional stability rather than be constantly thrown off and affected by external events. This, for me, is the starting point of reconciliation, right relationship with myself. And right relationship myself requires being anchored in God's love. Because the starting point is right relationship with myself, then right relationship with others. And then it is when I'm anchored emotionally emotionally stable and grounded, that are inner peace, that are able to engage in the work of reconciliation. When I make an apology, I won't react defensively and start explaining myself when I'm, or even worse, gaslighting the other person, you know, I didn't mean to do that. I didn't mean to hurt your feelings, right? That's gaslighting. It doesn't matter what I mean or don't mean, I have hurt someone's feelings. So, in my life, there are times that I have not sought out reconciliation or apologised because of a sense of shame or worthlessness, right? I'm already feeling a lot of shame, and if I admit my mistake or wrongdoing, then that makes me even more ashamed of myself. And what helps me to do that to be able to, to apologize without being afraid. It's being anchored in God's love. Now, I'll tell you a little bit, a little story, right? Um, last year, I went off to, um, on a vacation um, to Canada and I went hiking in the mountains. Um, this is the Via Ferrata, which means Iron Road. And they have laid metal cables throughout the cliff on the mountain, and what we do is we hook ourselves onto this and we climb up to the summit. Um, It was six hours of perpetual fear. My adrenaline was constantly on the whole time. Uh, You might see me smiling, but uh, it wasn't really a smiling uh, experience, right? But what was interesting is that when I learned to trust the cable, it makes it a lot easier to climb. Because what happens is that we lean back using the cable as an anchor. Because you need to lean back, then the cable will be tight. Once it's tight, we can hold on to it and it makes it easier to uh, climb. But you need to really put your weight on the cable and one step at a time. If you don't trust the cable, that's how I started off, it will be a lot harder. I had to use my own strength to grip and to, make, to take each step up. It gets kind of exhausting after a while. And the uh, guide just said, lean on the cable, trust the cable, you're not fall. You are and you're hooked on. If, you know, if even if you fall, you have the, car- uh, no, um, have the bungees uh, that will prevent me from falling further down. Yes, I'll fall about 10, 20 meters, but it will prevent me from falling down all the way. And so I learned. Faith is kind of like that. We need to trust God in some ways. And this is the part that's even more scary because the picture, look, this one, you can see me in fear. (laughs) It doesn't look so scary in the picture, right? But um, because you don't know what's underneath. There's virtually nothing underneath. It's a chasm between two cliff faces and there are three metal cables running across. I'm hooked up to one of them my feet is on the other one and I hold onto the two and I move one step at a time across. There's nothing else underneath. Uh, I will not look down, okay? I, I, I glance a little bit. And I go like, no, 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 no. I just walk straight. They don't look. Move forward, move forward. And I need to learn to trust. But it gets wobbly after a while. Now, one of the things that's interesting is that when you are alone on that, on these three cables, it gets a lot more wobbly. As you shake, it will move this way, and you shake, it will move that way. Um, I was lucky because the, the guy knew that I was the weakest of the, of the whole group, so he put me in, right in front after him so that he can really guide me. So I was just following him. So when he was on the, uh, on the, uh, on the bridge, uh, on this three-cable bridge, I was following like kind of close. So it was quite OK, because two of us are on the cable, and somehow when we move, we balance each other out. It's easier, and the bridge doesn't sway as much. Now, I, because it's like scary, like... I cannot describe how scared I was. You can see on my face. So he moved, I went like, I better make it fast. As fast as I can, I'll get across. So the person behind is my partner, Titus. Um, he was not so lucky because I scampered across and he was left all alone on the bridge. And he started shaking even more because he was all alone and the next person was a bit slow. He started, I was almost close to the other side already when he got on. Because he's so far, he's so close to the other side of the cliff, the other person needs to give him some gap before the other person gets on. So he had to do it alone. And what I got from this is that This is how we do it together as community. Our walk with God, yes, we want to lean and have faith in God's love for us, but we also do it together, not alone. That's how we wrestle on on this journey. This journey of finding inner peace anchored in the knowledge that God loves me. Because sometimes you need other people to tell you that. It's hard to feel that God loves you on your own. But we, we all need reassurances along the way. Reassurances that even though I screwed up, I'm still worthy. Because it is not what I've done or not done that God loves me. Nothing I have done or will do will cause that love to change. And it is from this space that I'm able to admit that I am wrong. When I'm confident on my worthiness, that my worthiness isn't based on how right or wrong I am, then I can let go and trust that I'm always beloved. That's That's the struggle. The instances when I'm not able to bring myself to admit are the times... I'm not firmly anchored in the faith that God loves me unconditionally, and also, you know, another level is there are times I'm not able to bring myself to admit that I'm wrong or I've done something wrong. Is when I'm not anchored in the faith that the other person doesn't love me, uncond- uh, loves me unconditionally, because I'm afraid of losing that love. That's why I cannot bring myself to admit my mistakes in some way. I have to try to boost and say, I'm right. This is the reason why I have been repeating again and again for that you are beloved and you are loved unconditionally. God loves you unconditionally because this is the starting point of our healing and restoration. And from this space, we can move towards wholeness, restoring the relationships. And from there, we model this kingdom of God for the rest of the world. Because reconciliation requires humility. And it is humility that I can see where I am wrong and acknowledge it. So I can remember the sibling who has something against me and I seek them out so that we can be reconciled. But humility isn't seeing myself as less than or worth less. We think of humility, we often think that humility is, you know, making our egos, how we see ourselves somehow smaller, you know. Like when someone praises me, I'll go like, no la no lah, no. I'm, so I'm not so good la. But that's false humility. Humility, true humility, is seeing ourselves in the right size. And what's the right size? The right size is how God sees us. Not too big and not too small, just as we are. And I think for many of us who have grown up with a sense of shame that we are not good enough or worthy enough, Humility is also about addressing that as well. You are good enough. God loves you as you are. And one caveat though, that is that we can seek out and try to reconcile with people. But it requires the other person to want to reconcile as well. And that we cannot control. All we can do is do our part. Leave the rest to God. Maybe at this time when you approach that sibling who you know you're wronged, but the sibling refuses to take your call or even reply your messages. You have, done the, you have reached out. You have sown the seed. And hopefully over time, there's healing and it comes to a point where that sibling is able to say, okay, I can meet up for coffee and we can chat. But that doesn't mean that we don't do we don't reach out to that, to that sibling. Trust God. Trust God like that iron cable. And I want to point this out, and it's quite important, because that surfaced out during the first question, right? The point of reconciliation is about restoration of relationship. Shalom. Shalom. Someone, someone answered that, you're like, well, full marks, right? It is not about resolution. Resolution is about dealing with the situation or issue that both parties are agreeable to. Maybe I, you know, knocked into someone's car and I just said, okay, I'll make, I'll make payment to fix, to, for the repairs. That is resolution. But that doesn't necessarily mean that there is reconciliation that person might still hate me for driving, uh, injuring him or, or damaging the car that's brand new. We need to seek out restoration of relationship. Because reconciliation doesn't mean that at the end of the day, there's closure. It doesn't mean that both parties end up agreeing. Reconciliation means that the is restored, but they can still hold on to different uh, beliefs or different perspectives, and they can still disagree. We can disagree about something and yet be right relationship with one another. And then I'm thinking, I'm reflecting about is how I want to model relationship with other Christians who think that LGBTQ being LGBTQ is a sin, or you know, or being in a LGBTQ relationship is sinful. I want to be able to be in relationship with them, disagree with them, and still love them and still be in right relationship with them. We don't have to agree. That requires us to be anchored in our belovedness, confident. I'm not afraid that what they say will mean that God loves me any less. I disagree with them. They can continue saying that, you know, I'm, I'm sinning in my lifestyle. In inverted commas. That doesn't change how I see my own belovedness. I'm confident in it. I'm confident in have to lean back and cross the chasm. The issue is we need to pay attention to when we are not anchored in this belovedness. When we anchor our worthiness in other things, like being right, like having people agree with our opinions and our, our ideas, our beliefs, then our worthiness, our belovedness is actually anchored in something else rather than God's love. We're anchored in being right. And when we are challenged, you know, when people say that we're wrong or say or when people disagree with us, that worthiness gets shaken. I used to be a know-it-all anchored in my worthiness of how much I knew, how intelligent I was. So when people challenge my knowledge, I react, I get angry. I cannot be wrong. I remember going on a trip with a friend um, to St. Petersburg and I did all the planning and all that and we went in the subway and then um, we, we are supposed to take a subway train, right? and I went into the wrong direction. I got on the wrong direction of the train. I thought that I could, you know, I memorized the, the uh, uh, Cyrillic alphabet, and I thought I was heading the right direction. And my friend just asked, are you sure we are heading the right direction? And I just said, yes! <laughs> and then my friend like, okay. And then we went on the train, and we went to the next stop, and I went like, oops. <laughs> and I went like, we are on the wrong, we are on the wrong direction. And then he gave that. <laughs> just saying. Because back then my worthiness was based on being right. When someone challenges, you know, me, whether I'm right or wrong, my worthiness is being challenged. Nowadays, when people challenge me or question me, I sometimes react in the no. But I've learned to slow down and to recognize the rising anger and go, wait a minute, I am beloved whether I'm right or wrong. And so let go of the need to be right and ask the question, could my friend be right this time? To investigate that with curiosity and openness. And then I feel and I realize I've grown and changed. Because at the end of the day, evaluating my worthiness is judgment. I am judging myself. And you know what? That's God's job, not mine. And as I stopped judging myself, the self-judgment and the negative self-judgment especially, I have also stopped judging others. You are not any less of a person if you made a mistake. I am not any less of a person when I made a mistake. And so I become more forgiving to myself and to others. And that's the growth that I have. And I see that judging others is often at the root of the conflicts I have. All the assumptions I put in my head, right? About what, you know, someone said something and then I project all the assumptions on them but that may not be true. I'm judging. Can I be more open and loving? So, I want to invite you first to be anchored in your belovedness, to trust that nothing you can do can lose God's love for you. Don't let anyone else tell you otherwise. You are beloved. Then, From there, stop judging yourself. Learn to be humble and right-size your ego. For those of you who think like me, think too much of myself, is to, you know, to right-size it to the right size. And for those of you who might struggle with self-esteem issues, you need to see yourself as worthy and beloved. Not any less than. Right-size your ego. Humility isn't, isn't always pushing down. Sometimes humility is about lifting up. Then you are in the space to reach out and seek reconciliation with those with whom you have conflict. And remember, reconciliation is about restoration of relationship and not resolution. It doesn't necessarily mean that you come to uh, a point where both of you agree or there is closure, but there is a restoration of relationship. And that will be very much like Kintsugi, I hope, that as we mend the broken relationship, the new relationship becomes even more beautiful than the past. And it is through the cracks that we see God's love in action. So I end with how Pauline ended last week. In a word, what I'm saying is grow up. You are kingdom subjects. Now live like it. Live out your God-created identity. Live generously and graciously towards others the way God lives towards you. Will you pray with me? God, help us learn to forgive our neighbours. Sorry. Help us learn to love our neighbours as ourselves as we seek to reconcile the broken relationships in our lives. Help us take the first steps for those too painful or too difficult to deal with right now. The first steps of recognizing our belovedness and trusting that You love us, even though we have made mistakes and sinned. The first steps out of shame and self-judgment and unworthiness so we are no longer disturbed when we see where we have gone wrong, we can admit to ourselves we are wrong. Help us to let let go of wanting things to work out our way, but instead desire to restore relationships instead. May this process of reconciliation help us grow and become whole and draw us closer and deeper in our relationship with you, and with each other. Amen.
5: So thank you, Pastor Miyak, for the sermon. And it's indeed in God's love that we find the security and the power to both stop judging ourselves and to love those around us better. And there's no greater symbol of God's love then the sacrifice of His Son, Jesus. And so as we come to this time of Holy Communion, we invite you to prepare our hearts to remember God's great love for us. We gather each Sunday at this table. Even though at this time we are not all physically together, the table of God's feast transcends time and space because God's love transcends all boundaries. So this table recognizes no boundaries. Here at FCC, we celebrate an open table. This means you do not have to meet any criteria. You do not have to be a member of FCC. You do not have to be baptized. You only need to recognize that God's grace is sufficient. We are your people, God, called together in your love. We are your children, Mother, called around the table of your word. We are your disciples, Lord, called to praise and give you thanks. We We thank thank you, good good and gracious God, for calling us to be your people, for giving us eyes to see, ears to hear, and hands to touch and bless our world. Even as your people, God, we are separated from ourselves, each other, and you, the creator of life. Let us confess our brokenness.
4: As people caught in our tradition, we confess that we have helped perpetuate
5: systems that deny the dignity and sacred worth of all sorts and conditions of persons. We have paid lip service to equality. Our lives are based on discrimination of the other. We have been our own worst enemies. We have failed ourselves, others, and we have failed you, God. Moved by your power, We We accuse
6: ourselves because we have have not not allowed you you to form form us as as a new
5: people. We We confess confess our sin and and we we pledge pledge to work work for reconciliation with one another. We thank you, gracious God, for forgiveness and the chance to start again. We thank you, gracious God, for the gift of your Spirit given to us in Jesus, in whom we are freed from the past and its oppression in whom the gift is complete. Gracious God, you are the mother of creation and the father of all life. We are gathered as your people to thank you for your blessings, to receive your mercy and forgiveness, and to remember how Jesus died for us, accepting death to show his love for us and you. We We remember remember how Jesus came came to us, us, becoming becoming one of us, born like us, of flesh and blood and bone, a fully human person like us in all things but sin. We remember how on the night before Jesus died, he gathered with his friends for one last meal. Siblings, Jesus says, I am the bread of life. The person who aligns with me hungers no more ever. Anyone eating this bread will not die ever. This is my body, broken for you. Take, eat, remember me. Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. When you are joined with me and I with you, the harvest is sure to be abundant. I love you as I have been loved. Abide in my love. This is my blood, shed for you. Take, drink, remember me. May I now invite the stewards to come forward to distribute the elements. For those of you who are watching at home, now would be a good time to take some uh, elements of your own to represent the bread and the wine so we can all partake together. Um, For those of you who are new with us, the ushers will hand you one of the elements and then please hang on to it um, and then we will all partake together at one go. Jesus, you are always present in our midst. You come to us simply, lovingly, humbly, in in word and sacrament, in this bread and wine, and and in in the love we share with one another. another. Let us eat and drink of this bread and wine, remembering Jesus, his teaching, his life, his suffering, his death, and his rising to new life. Let us partake together. I invite you to stand in body or in spirit and join me in the prayer of communion. Gracious and loving God, you have made us one in the body of Christ and nourished us at your table with holy food and drink. Thank, Thank you, you for feeding our hunger and relieving our thirst. Relieving our thirst. With your deep, deep gratitude, gratitude, we offer you our, our lives, lives, our, our love, ourselves, gathered in Jesus by your life-giving Spirit. May May we become a new people, wholly pleasing to you, a people giving glory to your name. Amen. Please be seated.
0: Thank you, Pastor Miyak, for the sermon and welcome you once again to the Sunday Service of Free Community Church. I think for those who have known me for quite a while, you'll know that I'm not a very emotionally excitable person. But when I find myself riled up by things, like people who get on my nerves, a lot of times I really use this opportunity to reflect on myself. A lot of times when people get on your nerves, through most of my reflection is I see myself reflected in them and I'm worried that I'm like them and I'm worried that, you know, if I dislike people like this, I'm actually disliking myself. So this is how 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 I, I, I treat people when people uh get on my nerves. But as I was listening to his sermon, I was reminded of this quote by Viktor Frankl. Between stimulus and response, there is a space In that space is our power to choose our response. In our response lies our growth and our freedom. I think Franco doesn't say that it will be a big space. It can be a very, very tiny, tiny space. But still, it is a space for us to choose the right response. And choosing the right response may not be easy. But the power still lies within us. So indeed... uh, As we say goodbye to the lunar new year, the 15th day of the lunar new year, there's still a brand new year ahead with another 10 months. So you can make some difference in your life and change your response whenever you find yourself riled up by any other people. So indeed, welcome once again to the free Community Church Sunday service where free stands for First Realize Everyone's Equal. Today I see a lot of new faces. So if you are new or not so new to us, Allow us to stay in touch with you by leaving your details at fcc.lee/welcome. We have a newcomers meeting every last at least once every month. This coming month, it will be on the twenty-sixth of February, last Sunday of month, in uh, after immediately after service. So, if you are interested to join, you can join both on site or hybrid on Zoom. You send an email to info at freecomchurch.org, and somebody will reach out to you. Thanks. So. Life seems to be a repeat, like like Groundhog Day. So every 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 uh, first Sunday of each month, we put up our collection for the previous month because this is part of uh, our church uh, leadership's accountability to you on what what is happening to our collection. So for end of January 2023, we have collected uh, around 7.4% for general fund and around 6% for building fund. Uh, Yes, we are a bit behind in terms of... Because we actually split 12 months equally and then we set the percentage. So this time around, we are a bit behind. I know it's the fatigue of the new year. And last year, we did a fantastic job of collecting above and beyond our target. But we continue to give you this information so that uh, in your own heart, you know how much you want to uh, offer to church. So the ways to give to church is... There are two ways to give to church. Uh, You may give by pay now by scanning the above QR codes. One goes to the FCC General Fund. One goes to the FCC Building Fund. And you may also give by credit card at freecomchurch.gift.asia. Giving by credit card only goes to the General Fund. uh, And of course, the platform itself charges a 1.5% administrative fee. Uh, For those who would like to give uh, by dropping something into the offering bag, uh, in a while after the prayer, we will invite the stewards to come and pick up the offering bag. Let us pray. Indeed, God, we in FCC, we kept on hearing the messages that we are your beloved child and that we should be anchored in your love. But time and time again, though we hear the message, it just doesn't sink into our hearts because of our history, because of how we are brought up, because we are, of how we are treated. But God, thank you for reminding us that you love us regardless regardless of our socioeconomic status, regardless of our sexual orientation, regardless of our gender identity, regardless. Thank you, God, and may we learn to lean into your love and not worry, not worry about collection, not worry about, you know, paying the mortgage on this place, but really to lean in and trust Trust in you that you have brought us through in the past 20 years and that we see you bringing us through in the 20 years and the years ahead. We give thanks to you for your love. And may we continue to make FCC a space where your love will be experienced by more and more. In Jesus' most precious name we pray. Amen. May I invite the stewards to come and take up the offering. Uh, just raise your hands and the stewards will come to you if you have something to drop into offering back. Now is the announcement segment of the service. First announcement. Today we are having our FCC Lunar New Year Reunion Lunch. This is the first time we are gathering together after almost three years due to the COVID pandemic. So uh, registration is closed, but Due to some last-minute cancellations, we actually have got three slots available. So first-come, 1st first serve to whoever reaches out to Daniel. Daniel, raise your hand. Uh, yeah, uh, you can just uh, go to him and say that, hey, you'd like to join us even though registration is really close. Uh, These uh, this three slots will be FOC since the seats have already been paid for. Uh, you will be assigned tables, as in you cannot choose your own seats. Okay. So how to get to Kamboq Teochew restaurant? Remember, it's at Tangling Road. Tangling Road is not... Uh, Orchard Rendezvous Hotel is at Tangling Road. The nearest MRT is Orchard MRT, but I suggest you don't take MRT because I think it's quite a walk. Uh, you can also go there by going there from SCC. You may take bus 105 or 111 at the bus stop on the same side of the road as One Commonwealth, then alight at Delphi Orchard and just cross the road. Restaurant offers free cockage for two bottles, so in case y'all would like to bring your own bottles and celebrate Lunar New Year, you're free to bring two bottles of alcohol to bring. Okay, next. Estate planning. I think a few of us are close to the age where we should start thinking about this estate planning. So as I was mentioning, uh, I think, I mean, estate planning is part of our responsibility to our loved ones, uh, to people and institutions that we care about. So if you are interested to join, there's this after-church event on 26th of February at 1pm. Uh, we are actually inviting some experts to come in uh, to tell us the legal uh, understanding of what are LPAs, wills, trusts, CPF, insurance, how all this plays into estate planning. So it's by the estate planning consultant Ng and Partners. Uh, there's a free consultation. First, the first one on consultation is actually FOC. If you find this useful or you think you have friends who might find this useful, you may register at FCC.ly ACE. Yes. t is back, alright? t is our FCC's uh, ministry to support the transgender community. Uh, at this moment, I think they are supporting 15 beneficiaries and usually they collect uh, items, uh, daily goods and all those to give to these people who might be out of job, who might not be able to uh, earn a living, etc. So, the opening date is actually from today onwards all the way until 26th of February and the delivery date is on 5th of March. So, if you want to find out more about how, more info about T-Mart and how you can donate, you can go to www.feekomchurch.org slash T-Mart Welcome team. Welcome team is calling for volunteers. If you are interested to come early and say hi to people, to both people who come every Sunday and to newcomers, you are welcome to be part of the Welcome Team family to make FCC a home for everyone who walked through our door. So if you're interested, please contact Sean Lee at the number indicated or email to info at freecomchurch.org and then some of the Welcome Team members will reach out to you. So before we end our service, I would like to invite the worship team to come forward to sing us a last song.
7: Church, so today is the last day of Chinese New Year, and we would like to wish you good health, prosperity, and God bless 2023. So with the song Gong Xi Gong Xi, so those who know the song, please join us.
6: Okay. Please stand. <laughs>
7: 想想, make 恭喜恭喜你, 好好冰雪融解, 眼看蜜花土蕊, 慢慢长野过去, 恭喜恭喜恭喜你呀, 恭喜恭喜恭喜你, 恭喜恭喜恭喜你呀, 恭喜恭喜恭喜你, 恭喜恭喜恭喜你呀, Happy New Year!
3: And now will you receive the benediction. Now go, go as God's beloved, empowered in every way to love and be loved. And in this love, may you change the world. And may our God of love go with you both now and always. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us for service today. It's so lovely to see all your faces. Go and have a blessed week ahead. Amen.